Nikola Motors first came to the world's attention on December the 1st, 2016, with the launch of the Nikola One, supposedly North America's first purpose-built hydrogen fuel cell truck. Well, that chapter of the company's history didn't end well. But the company reorganized under its second CEO, Mark Russell, and in 2022, managed to build and deliver more than 100 battery electric Class 8 tractors built on a European Iveco cabover chassis. Russell retired in November following the European reveal of the company's next truck, a hydrogen fuel cell-powered cabover. In a moment, you'll meet the fellow who's responsible for carrying these projects forward, Nikola Motors' new CEO, Michael Loescheller. If you haven't done so already, please give us a like and hit that subscribe button so you'll be notified every time we publish a new episode of HDT Talks Trucking. And check out our other social media channels too. We're on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, and there's lots of great written content on our website, truckinginfo.com. This is HDT Talks Trucking. I'm Jim Park. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Jim Park, the equipment editor at Heavy Duty Trucking Magazine. Welcome to this edition of HDT Talks Trucking. We have a special guest on today. He's Michael Loeschaller. He's the CEO of Nikola. He's been active in the automotive industry for more than 20 years, holding a variety of positions, high-ranking positions, I should add, uh, such as the Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer at Mitsubishi Motors in Europe. He's the Executive Vice President, he was, the Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer at Volkswagen Group of America, also the CEO at Opel Automotive, and Global CEO of VinFast. Michael, welcome to HDT Talks Trucking. Good to have you aboard, sir. Thanks for having me, Jim. Welcome. Is this your first tour of duty in the heavy truck space? You're big in automotive. Um, how familiar are you with the trucking industry? Yeah, that's right. So I came in March of last year after more than 20 years in the passenger car business. Yeah, and it's it's a, it's a new world for me. So it's my first assignment in, in the trucking industry. And obviously, it's super exciting for me, right? At Nicola. I mean, we want to be a leader in zero emission mobility. So very exciting journey on which we are on. Well, welcome to the industry. It's a fun industry and lots of challenges ahead of us. And uh, I know you're going to help us through some of them. Uh, you were uh, brought onto the company, as you said, last spring. You took over the CEO seat a couple of weeks uh, ago, January the 1st. Can you tell us where the company stands today in the beginning of 2023? Absolutely. I mean, when I came in 2022, what was really important was the launch of the battery electric truck, which we did in March of, of last year. Mm -hmm. And of course, that was a very important milestone for Nikola, right? I mean, um, making sure that this truck is being built, that we set up our facility in Coolidge, Arizona. And now we actually improve our production output on a daily basis. So the, the launch of the battery electric truck, really, really important. And maybe for, for everybody, just a few facts, um, technical facts of the truck, which is really impressive. I mean, first of all, it has a range of up to 330 miles. I mean, um, the, the loading, the, the charging time is 160 minutes. The energy is 733 kilowatt hours, and it comes with 645 continuous horsepower. So I think really impressive numbers. So for Nikola, first important milestone, launch of the battery electric truck. And now 2023 is very much focused on the fuel cell truck. So basically, I always say Nikola stands on two legs, the battery electric truck and the fuel cell truck. And we are in the middle of the execution of, of these two important launch programs. 
Uh, about the fuel cell electric truck, you introduced it in Hanover last fall at IAA. Um, just in December, just a couple of weeks ago, you got an announcement from the California Air Resources Board that you'd been issued a certificate of compliance for the fuel cell electric vehicle truck. I guess that basically paves the way for the company to start production. So uh, when is that expected to happen over on this side of the pond? Yeah, so second half of 2023, we will launch the, the fuel cell truck, which obviously is a very important truck for us. And also here, just a few facts and, and, and figures, right? So it comes to, with a range of up to 500 miles and the, the refuel time is 20 minutes or less. And also there are incredible uh, technical figures, right? I mean, um, the, the, the power is 536 horsepower. So really important truck and important that we launch it in the second half of, of this year because everybody is waiting for fuel cell trucks. I think in terms of time to market, we wanna be the first in the class eight segment. And uh, yeah, we are very excited about this year and our fuel cell truck. A uh, technical question, if I could, based on what you just said. Uh, lower horsepower than the battery electric truck, um, but longer range. Is there any correlation between that? Uh, smaller motors, fewer motors, uh, less battery capacity? Why do you uh, downrate that one from the electric? Yeah, basically, obviously, the, the hydrogen is bringing the difference here, right? And we have a tank capacity of 70 kilograms. And then with our fuel cell stack, and the total energy, we are able to bring a range of up to, to 500 miles. And that's why okay. a lot of customers are excited about the fuel cell truck, right? I mean, um, range matters, of course, maybe even more here in, in North America than in Europe, but a key differentiator obviously is um, the, the, the extended range of the fuel cell truck. Yeah, 500 miles seems to be the magic number. 350, yeah, it'll work in a lot of cases, but fleets want the 500, don't they? Yes, absolutely. And that's what we experience in many of the discussions. But at the end of the day, I keep saying customers will decide. And of course, we are a customer mm -hmm. first um, company. And like you, you see, for example, our bath in the in the background of, of this little video, right? It's in a port. Mm -hmm. And for example, an application in a port, a bath is really very well suited for that, right? Because you go every day the same route. And then sometimes the, the, the range of 330 miles is absolutely sufficient. But Adequate, some other customers absolutely. say, look, 500 miles is what they need. And therefore, we are excited to, to have the fuel cell truck available already this year. Makes sense to me. Uh, when you bring the uh, fuel cell electric truck on board next year, is that going to divert engineering and manufacturing resources away from the battery electric trucks? Or are they still going to maintain their production levels? Well, I think we have a very good sequence here at Nikola. Last year, 22, it was all about the battery electric truck. And you have to think about this was our first truck. I mean, at the same time, we had built the Coolidge um, facility. And of course, now we are able to shift engineering resources to um, the, the, the fuel cell truck. And we have learned a lot of things out of our first launch, right? I mean, we improve every day. So now the majority of our resources are absolutely focused on, on, on the fuel cell truck. Well, from a production point of view, uh, assembly lines within the building, uh, is there a great deal of difference between the electric truck and the fuel cell truck from a building point, manufacturing point of view? Yeah, basically, how, how it works in, in Coolidge um, is we, we have like an L-shaped uh, assembly line and basically start both trucks on the same line. But obviously, then when we put in the fuel cell stack, we, we have a, a separate mm -hmm. line for the fuel yeah, cell okay. truck. But we can use all the synergies of, uh, of the, the one line at the beginning, and then we divert, um, putting in batteries for the battery electric truck and putting in then the fuel cell stack for, for, for the fuel cell truck. 
And also, um, I mean, as I said, we, we learn every day and it's, it's good that this is our second launch because obviously we, we have learned many things and can improve there. Uh, as far as the BEV is concerned, last year you issued guidance saying you'd build between three and 500. I think you came up a little short of that number, but how many trucks did you build last year or 2022? Yeah, we will announce the detailed figures in our earnings release on February um, 23rd, I think it is. So at the end of Q3, we had delivered the first 111 trucks to um, our dealers and our dealers are now delivering those trucks to, to, to end customers. But what I can say is that we made good improvements on the daily production output in, in Q4. So this is good. And the, the great news is that, I mean, we, we shouldn't forget, I mean, we want to change many things and really offer zero emission mobility to our customers. And we have mm -hmm. trucks available to customers, which I think is very exciting in a world where at the moment there are shortages everywhere, right? So we have trucks available for test driving and also for sale. Mm -hmm. And we're really proud about this achievement in 2022 that we have the, the battery electric truck in the market available. Speaking of availability, I saw a video, a YouTube video on uh, YouTube uh, that was purportedly shot in December. Uh, it showed more than 100 BEV trucks parked at the back corner of the Coolidge lot. Uh, all sitting there, like about $30 million worth of undelivered inventory. Uh, is that spoken for or is that stuff that's waiting for parts? No, those are finished trucks. And of course, I think it's a, a benefit in these days to have inventory, which we then deliver mm -hmm. to our dealers and then to, to end customers. So at the beginning of the year 2022, everybody was concerned about shortages on the supply chain side of the business. Yeah. I think we have managed this really well. And the good thing is we have inventory available and um, people can buy our truck now. And we are in the process of delivering those trucks from our factory in Coolidge to the dealers and then to the end customer. The question of dealers is a good one. Uh, overseas, you use Iveco as a sort of dealer network, uh, service, parts, warranty, what have you, I presume. Iveco doesn't have a presence here in North America. So who is your North American dealer network? Yeah, we have a very strong dealer network here in the US. We have set it up with various different um, dealerships with a lot of experience. So overall, we have 127 dealer sites, right? And I think this is really important in terms of service because we were talking at the beginning um, how different the truck industry is, right? Mm -hmm. to, to passenger car business. And of course, um, I mean, in case something happens with the truck, the immediate service is so important. And therefore, I think it's important that we have set up this strong network with a lot of reputable dealerships, um, with a lot of experience and good service capabilities. So in case something should happen with, with our truck, that we can fix this immediately, because as, as you know, and everybody knows, it's all about the uptime that the truck is running every day and every night. Indeed it is, and fleets depend on that. Uh... And it's not always the big stuff that goes or, or derails them. It's like things like windshield wiper motors and door hinges and seat belts that won't, you know, latch. So, I mean, you've got to take care of all that small stuff, too, in addition to the big uh, technical problems that pop up once in a while. Right. And that's why I think the number of dealer locations is so important because you, you don't want to be far away from, let's say, your customer. So I think it's it's really, really good. And especially, let's say, in California, but also on the East Coast, basically throughout the country, we have many locations. So we feel very good about also the experience and the know-how of, of, of our dealers who are in this business for a long period of time. Uh was part of the difficulty you had in the supply chain last year battery related? Were you having trouble getting batteries? 
So we, we had a, at the beginning a few issues on chips as an example, but we managed very successfully through that with our supply chain team. On the battery side, um, we, we made an important decision to acquire a Romeo power because the battery is an important element, obviously, of the battery electric truck, right? And I feel much better now while we have it in our hands and can manage it ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are many improvements you can do, first of all, on, on, on the quality, on the efficiency, but also on the overall integration. And I want to improve the battery further on, right? So really important strategic move from our side. And I'm very happy that now we have the battery as part of Nikola in our own company. You were Romeo Power's biggest customer at the time, I understand. Uh, but they also supplied Packard. Um, is that supply agreement going to come to an end now that you own them and they're one of your competitors? Well, we work through all the different relationships, right? So obviously we are the biggest customer, as you say, that's why it made so much sense. Um, and now we work through all the other relationships um, Romeo had in the past. Uh, getting these trucks to market, uh, <laughs> you know, you've got some inventory, customers are welcome to your door to test drive them. Uh, but one of the biggest barriers that fleets face right now to uh, the uptake of electric trucks is the charging infrastructure. Uh, there's a two-year or more backlog, I think, in most cases, if you want the utility companies to come in and start doing some work on your property. Uh, the engineering that's all involved there. Uh, no commercial charging networks in place yet anywhere really in the country. Has Nikola got plans to help customers out with that, try and get them uh, up and running faster? Yeah, yes, absolutely. But first of all, you're right. The infrastructure is, is a real important topic. And we always keep saying we need to bring the chicken and the egg together here, right? The truck mm -hmm. and the, the infrastructure. And yep. some customers have really good solutions. In some cases, our dealers also have a lot of experience and can help. But we also have tools like mobile chargers, um, which is quite important and can help to bridge a certain period of time. So we at Nikola offer mobile chargers to our customers so that you can use this for a certain period of time till let's say the permanent infrastructure is in place and customers are really interested in this and some actually want to keep this for a longer period of time. But overall, I think the infrastructure topic is of highest importance. And also a lot of lessons learned out of that for the fuel cell truck, right? Because the same topic applies there. People need for the fuel cell truck, the hydrogen. Mm -hmm. And we put a lot of efforts and time and resources in providing hydrogen to, for our customers because the same applies there. At the end of the day, you always need the chicken and the egg together and have an integrated mobility offer for our customers. How would you say, or how would you differentiate Nikola from some of your established or maybe some would say legacy competitors? You're all building BEVs these days. What makes you different? couple of things. First of all, I would say in terms of time to market, we, we are relatively ahead of other people. So, I mean, we have the battery electric truck in the market already last year, um, this year, 23, the fuel cell truck. And we really want to make sure that we have a very well integrated truck. We have great connectivity. We have fascinating interior. For example, when drivers drive our truck, they, they are really delighted about this because it's so smooth, so quiet. And of course, we want to differentiate through our truck. And I think we have many elements um, which can do that. At the same time, we want to make sure that we offer an integrated solution, talking about the hydrogen, as I mentioned, making really sure that we offer the truck and the energy together. And then, yeah, of course, uh, we want to be the first in the market and have the best customer offer. Well, I must say, I, I drove one of your trucks uh, last summer. I came down to the plant and spent a very brief time, and that was my fault. 
uh, at the plant and took the truck out for maybe a 20-minute, half-hour drive and came away more than impressed. It was, I love cab over trucks. That goes back to my driving days 40-some years ago now. Uh, but the European cab over, the Aveco style cab over is nothing like we had here in North America decades ago. And I have to say it was a great experience. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to, to hear that. And that's what a lot of people tell us once they are in the truck and really experience it, right? It's easy to drive. It's quiet. I mean, you, you have um, first class infotainment and you just feel great in, in the truck. And of mm -hmm. course, that's what we want to, to offer a great customer experience. And, and drivers spend a lot of time of their life in, in the cabin, right? So it, it, it has to be a very nice, nice place to be. And let's not forget, I mean, we all have to do um, zero emission mobility going forward, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. it's, it, we don't really have a choice. And the sooner we do this, the better. And I'm, I'm happy that I really can lead Nicola into this and really make sure that we get as many diesel trucks as possible off the road, because I think collectively, all together, we, we have to achieve that. We have to go zero emission. We're certainly moving in that direction. The sooner the better. I agree. Yes. Well, what sort of market share are you hoping to achieve, say, within the next five years or so? I, I want to make sure that Nikola obviously is, is a leader in, in zero emission mobility. And uh, obviously, we are not the only ones, right? Everybody is coming. Um, we need to see how quickly the adoption rate um, increases. I sense, for example, in Europe, it might happen faster than in some other states here. But overall, we absolutely want to take a leading position there. I don't want to quantify a market share target because that's too early to say, but mm -hmm. Nicola will, will have a leading position in zero emission mobility in, in Class 8. Okay. Let's switch gears then, metaphorically, and uh, talk a little bit about the hydrogen side of your business. Uh, the company recently purchased a large tract of land near Buckeye, Arizona, where I understand you plan to build uh, an electrolyzer plant. You've also inked a deal with another hydrogen producer called Plug Power. Uh, obviously, you're lining up all your ducks to have a good, adequate supply of hydrogen around. Um, what's <laughs> When are we going to see enough trucks built, I guess, to start consuming all of that hydrogen? Well, we, we have a great strategy. I mean, our trucks on the fuel cell side come out second half of 23. So that's in a couple of months, right? Of course, we ramp up. Um, so we will have a first uh, couple of hundred and then hopefully into the thousands. At the same time, it's important that we offer the hydrogen and we want to um, secure hydrogen um, with partners. We will also want to produce with partners here in Buckeye, which is close by our headquarter in, in Phoenix, and then provide this hydrogen, um, obviously, in the various stations, focusing on California first, mm -hmm. really making sure that wherever there is um, a lot of truck demand for the fuel cell truck, there is hydrogen available, because um, that's what is really important. And of course, the overall total cost of ownership depends a lot on that, right? And um, that's why we always say at Nicola, we stand on two legs. We have the truck business and the energy business. And I think this is absolutely important because that's what customers request from us. Are those two producers that I mentioned a few minutes ago going to be putting out what you would call green hydrogen or somewhere between green and gray? Well, I mean, I think we need to be pragmatic. I mean, first of all, um, to our earlier discussion, the diesel trucks have to disappear, right? Mm -hmm. I obviously want to have green energy, uh, green hydrogen. 
if it is, let's say, gray at the beginning, I think we have to be pragmatic and say, okay, that's the first step. But obviously, at the end of the day, we all want to go with green um, hydrogen for sure. If there is an interim phase, I think that's that's also fine. But as soon as possible, we all want to go to green hydrogen. Well, it's not my position to to weigh in on this, but I think you're right. I, I don't think we can afford to be absolutely perfect coming out the gate. If hydrogen, gray hydrogen is going to be enough to get this industry kickstarted, then I think we go with a period of time where it's imperfect, but, you know, well on track to getting to the perfect solution. I agree. And I think it's important that we get started, right? Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to announce things and always talk about things. I want to do things, right? And I feel good that we launched the fuel cell truck this year and that we are also able to offer hydrogen and yeah, if it is green, great. If it is gray at the beginning, I think that's also fine. How close do you think we are to a, a, you know, a scalable volumes of green hydrogen? It seems like a lot to achieve. I think a lot of things have happened in 2022, which um, are supporting hydrogen. The Inflation Reduction Act here in the United States obviously is very helpful, right? Mm -hmm. There is yep. a lot of support for the production of hydrogen, but also for the dispensing. So bringing all this together is incredibly helpful also for the total cost of ownership from a customer point of view. So I think once um, people like Nicola come out with trucks and can, can ramp up the volume, I think we can see meaningful volumes in the next couple of, of years, right? And then everybody investing into hydrogen also is looking for an offtake. And of course, our truck is perfect for this. So I, I think we can see a breakthrough of, of hydrogen in the truck business uh, very, very soon. Well, I know you've got your plate full with Europe and the U.S. Does the company have any plans to expand into Canada or Mexico at this point? Canada is, is a very interesting market for us. I mean, first of all, I think um, customers are also very focused on zero emission mobility. There is also a lot of public interest and public support. Um, so if you bring these things together, um, then, of course, it can be um, very interesting to have a breakthrough there. So I'm very focused on, on, on Canada. Um, Mexico, for the time being, is, is not um, a top priority. And I also need to make sure, I mean, there's only so much we can do at the beginning, right? So we have the U.S., we have Europe, um, two very important regions, but, but also Canada is, is very much um, in, in, in our priority list. Good. Anxious to, anxious to hear that. Uh, one final question, Michael, before I let you go. Uh, are there any plans for a hydrogen internal combustion engine within the Nikola framework? We, we discuss this. Um, obviously, it's, it's an interesting topic, but um, let, let us finalize that first and then we, we make some announcements. I always want to really bring this to a conclusion. So at the moment, we are laser focused on the battery electric truck, which we have launched successfully last year. Um, this year, we do the fuel cell truck, and I'm sure we have many more ideas and I would say more to come. Michael, it's been great talking with you. Thanks for uh, an informative and frank discussion. I appreciate hearing all about where Nicola is going in the next few years. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. We've been speaking with Michael Loschaller. He's the CEO of Nicola Corporation. I'm Jim Park. This is HTT Talks Trucking. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe to Heavy Duty Trucking's YouTube channel and give us a like. That helps other people to find us. Check out our other social media channels too. We're on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And remember, there's lots more great written content about the trucking industry on our website, truckinginfo.com.